grace and peace, love and mercy from God our Father, through Jesus Christ, our risen Savior and Lord. Amen. Text for our meditation today on this eighth Sunday after Trinity, the Gospel reading. Jesus' words from the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 7, especially this verse. Jesus said, Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. You will recognize them by their fruits. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, judge not lest ye be judged. Just a few weeks ago, we heard Jesus speak those words in the same sermon, the Sermon on the Mount. In the same chapter, Matthew chapter 7, just a few verses before. Do we have a contradiction in the Bible, a mistake? Did Jesus get mixed up and flub up in his words? Because it is obvious Jesus is teaching us here that we are to judge. But earlier, Jesus said, judge not, lest ye be judged. What was Jesus doing and how can these words be true? Well, of course, Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. He cannot lie. He cannot err. Earlier in the chapter, Jesus is teaching us about judging things we cannot see. I can't look into your heart and you can't look into my heart. Jesus is saying, don't judge. Don't pretend you know what's going on in somebody's mind, in somebody's heart, what's motivating someone. Instead, love them. Put the best construction on everything. Encourage them. Pray for them. Show a little mercy. We've been experiencing not just these last four and a half months, but we've been experiencing more and more and more over the years what some people have called cancel culture. You have to be careful what you say because it might be taken in the wrong way. You have to be careful what you speak, what you write, what you post, what you tweet, because someone might be offended, automatically assuming the worst, automatically putting the worst construction on everything, and soon you find yourself without friends, without a paycheck, without a reputation. This has been building and building and building for some time now. We've seen it reach new astronomical heights these last four months. People are afraid to talk. They're afraid to confess. They're afraid to live. Why? Because they might get cult canceled. 
Jesus, early in Matthew 7, is speaking to this kind of an attitude and this cancel culture. Judge not, lest ye be judged. How many times haven't we seen the proponents of cancel culture only a few months later get canceled themselves? My friends, explain everything in the kindest possible way. If you have a question about what somebody thinks or feels or is motivated by, just go ask them. And then believe what they tell you. It's that simple. Jesus' words are timeless and true. And now a few verses later, Jesus moves on to another topic. Beware of false prophets. How can you beware of a false prophet unless you are judging that prophet? Jesus is teaching us that every Christian, as a part of the fact that you are baptized into the royal priesthood, every Christian is to be a judge. Not of things you can't see, not of somebody's heart, but you are to be a judge of doctrine. Just a fancy name for teaching. Oh, one of those sermons again. Yes. In the same way that Jesus' words that are applied to cancel culture are timeless and true, these words of Jesus warning us, teaching us to beware of false prophets are timeless and true. While we are not called to judge things that are hidden, like what's going on in my heart or my emotions, we are called to judge those who would purport to preach and teach, whether they're in the church or somewhere else. We are to beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. They intentionally deceive. They intentionally hide who they are. They cover themselves with a false veneer, and yet they are agents of Satan trying to snatch your soul. Beware. Beware. Well, pastor, when it comes to judging doctrine, that's your job. That's your job. I, I'll leave that to the professional theologians. I just want to sit in the pew and go to church. I've heard that many times. Maybe you've heard it. Maybe you've thought it. Maybe you've said it. Repent. You, by virtue of your baptism, have been given the right and the authority to judge doctrine, to judge pastors, teachers, anyone, especially your own pastor, Anyone who supposes to teach and preach the Word of God. This is your God-given right. 
Anybody who says you do not have a right to judge the doctrine that is preached and taught in the church or even outside the church is a liar. No pope, no priest, no pastor, no synodical official, no elder, no pastor can take this away from you. Jesus says, my sheep hear my voice. They listen to me and they follow me. You are called to discern truth from error that comes from teachers in the church. This is your right. This is your job. This is your duty. God's word clearly teaches it. But pastor, I haven't been to the seminary. I haven't been to Bible school. I'm not qualified. Jesus isn't saying that all of you need to go to the seminary and able to, do, to be able to do this. No. The truth of God's word is simple, yet profound. Many of you have memorized or are in the process of memorizing Luther's small catechism. These words, this, this summary of Christian doctrine in six chief parts, this catechism, enables you, gives you the tools to be able to discern truth from error. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth. Apostles' Creed. Simple stuff, right? If someone comes to you and says, well, you know, that thing in Genesis 1 and 2 about creation, yeah, we probably shouldn't take that literally. Antenna goes up, false prophet, liar. If someone comes to you and says, you know, those Ten Commandments, they were okay back then, but we're a little smarter now. We know how, how culture works. We know how sexuality works and all that stuff about marriage between like a guy and a gal you know that's a little outmoded outdated folks antenna goes up liar false prophet you see how this works if someone comes to you or you hear someone preach or teach that Jesus wasn't born of the Virgin Mary, that Jesus didn't live a perfect life, as we've heard by a few political talking heads lately, or that Jesus didn't physically rise from the dead, run! These are liars and false prophets. False prophets come to you with a veneer, an outward show that they are pious and they are holy. Why wouldn't they? They want you to believe them. We're not talking about someone who wears a neon sign that says false prophet. Someone who has horns and a pitchfork. 
Thugs who publicly burn Bibles, those are pretty easy to spot, right? We're talking about people who disguise themselves, whether they realize it or not, as agents of Satan to steal your soul. My friends, you have a right. This is why we don't put our catechisms away when we're confirmed. We are confirmed into a lifetime of living and studying God's Word. This is why we teach God's Word to our children and our grandchildren. This is why we have Bible study for all ages on a regular basis. So we can continue to grow in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus. Because as we grow, God continues to love and serve and forgive and strengthen us with His Word and His gifts. My friends, you have the right to judge doctrine. You certainly have the ability as you learn and read and study Luther's small catechism and the Bible that it is based off of. And my friends, you have the responsibility. This is your job. This is your vocation. How easy it is to shirk our responsibilities. How easy it is that when there's an, an issue of what God's Word says or doesn't say, that we sit back and we think, oh no, I don't want to deal with those things. My friends, Satan will not rest. He is continually fighting for your soul. And he is the father of all lies. God calls us as his children to beware, to look out for false prophets. Why? Because he loves you. Because he wants you to spend eternity with him in heaven and not fall for Satan's lives and lies and be deceived into an eternity separated from God in hell. You see, there's no such thing as an unimportant teaching or an unimportant doctrine in the church. No matter how minor or insignificant it might see, all doctrine, all teachings flows from the mother of all doctrines, the heart, the core, the center of our faith, justification by grace through faith on account of Jesus Christ. In other words, the forgiveness of sins. The forgiveness of sins freely won on Calvary's cross. The forgiveness of sins freely distributed in the waters of holy baptism. The forgiveness of sins put in our mouth to eat and drink in the Lord's Supper. Everything flows from the forgiveness of sins won by the bloody death and glorious resurrection of Jesus. You know, one thing that all false prophets have in common, rarely, if ever, do they talk about Jesus Christ's death on the cross for you. Rarely 
do they talk about the blood of Jesus Christ shed for you. Rarely do they talk about Christ's victory over sin, death, and the grave for you. My friends, be alert. Beware. You can get a pretty good idea about what a pastor or a church really has as the most important teaching. Just listen. Just listen. When I go to a funeral and I hear the pastor or the priest talk about the individual who has died and all the good works and all the good deeds that they did, and I don't hear about Jesus, I don't hear about the cross, I don't hear about baptism, I don't hear about forgiveness, I know what the God of that pastor or priest is. It's good works. It's not Jesus. When I go to a wedding and I hear a sermon or a homily from a pastor or a priest, that's all about Jesus as an example of how to love. But that love is never taken to the cross of Jesus Christ. That love is not bloody. That love is not crucified and risen. I know that that pastor or priest has a different Jesus than I do. He's an example. He's not a savior. Do you see how this works? My friends, to be alert, to pay attention, to listen. God has given you this right. God has given you the ability to think, to learn, to memorize, to love in your faith. And God is calling you to rise up to arms with prayer employ you right now to be the kinds of watchmen and to be alert. Eh, not to be jerks about it but to care so much about God's love and his teaching that you want it to be pure and not poison. All of us, all of us have failed in this call of Jesus to be alert, to beware, to be watchmen. How easy it is and how often we have shirked our duties. We have failed to pay attention to God's word. We have been casual and leisurely with regard to being in God's house or studying God's word or memorizing our catechism. We have pushed things off on our professional theologians and then we whine and complain when false teaching and false practice enters into the church. My friends, for these sins and more, Christ Jesus has come. Christ Jesus has bled and died. Christ Jesus is risen victorious over the death and the grave for our sins of apathy and indifference for our sins of not taking the word of God seriously. 
for our sin of not passing on the truth of God's word to a future generation. For all these sins and more, Jesus Christ has bled and died. Your sins are forgiven. God has given you a new heart, a heart that wants to gladly hear and learn and study and pass on the Word of God. A heart that hears the Word of God, follows the voice of the Good Shepherd, and believes it. My friends, judge not, lest ye be judged. Beware of false prophets. They're both true, and they both flow from the cross and empty tomb for you. Amen. Now may the peace of God, which far surpasses all understanding, keep our hearts, our minds, our lives, our ears. In Christ Jesus, our Lord. Amen. Having heard the word of God, we are bold now to sing our offertory, trusting that God will give us the new heart that he promises to give. Please stand as we sing. <laughs>